What's going on, good people? And welcome to Live by the Three of Raptors podcast with your boy Curly. Give me a follow on Instagram at Live by the Period Number Three and on Twitter slash X at Live by the Zero Three. So on a Thursday night, a nationally televised game on TNT, the Raptors were at home in a back-to-back situation, playing host to DeMar DeRozan and the Chicago Bulls. It's quite an emotional start to the year for the Raptors. You, you traded OG for RJ and quickly. Then you traded Pascal on the day that you're getting, or on the week that you're going to be playing Kyle Lowry on the Miami Heat, DeMar DeRozan with the Chicago Bulls, and OG Ananobi with the New York Knicks on Saturday night. And on top of that, you had to deal with Masai Ujiri's emotional presser. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it, but it was emotional. It's probably the first time he's been very honest and transparent, and for me personally, it confirmed what I thought about Masai Ujiri and the players that he cares about them. And he held on to them because he wanted them to be successful. That's pretty much the great takeaway from it. And not to mention that flexibility that has been said over and over and over and many press conferences uh, came up once again. And it's something that is prioritized as well as building through the youth movement with draft picks and young players. So I'm not going to say too much about it, but that's pretty much where I'm at with it. My, my takeaway from it was it was nice to hear him be honest and transparent for the most part. But I think some of the situations that have been created through the hesitancy to move on from the guys, and he wanted to see them be successful, but at some point you have to recognize that It's either you get them the appropriate help or you're going to have to move on. And I think that connection that is absolutely great and more or less rare in sports in general to have that mutual respect between management and player, it's not too common. So I definitely appreciate that about Masai. And regardless of how I felt about him before, in the end, he did his part to do right by his players. So... What can you do? But we, I'll dissect that in a, in a later episode. But let's focus on the game itself where the Raptors, again, on a back-to-back situation playing host to the Bulls. And one thing that I did not talk about in the preview in the previous pod was how much the size was going to be a factor for the Raptors tonight. And the Chicago continued to go to the well, continued to go inside and absolutely dominating on that part of the game and that made the difference alone for the Chicago Bulls as the Raptors were severely undersized especially when Jonte Porter was off the floor and Jakob Pertl still dealing with that high ankle sprain going with Thaddeus Young, Chris Boucher and even Bruce Brown who played as well they were undersized in the middle and the Chicago Bulls took full advantage and ultimately came away with a victory 116 to 110 over the Toronto Raptors where the Bulls shot 48 for 91 from the field at under 53%. This is interesting. 6 for 24 from 3 at under 25%, but 14 for 17 from the free throw line at 82%. The Toronto Raptors shot 42 for 83 from the field at under 51%, 10 for 38 from 3 at 26%, and 16 for 20 from the free throw line, which is encouraging, at 80%. Now, talking about the game itself and incorporating the other stats, the points in the paint. That was all the difference in the game tonight. The Raptors... Could not stop the penetration, could not deal with the size of Drummond, Patrick Williams, Nikola Vucevic, 
they absolutely exploited the Raptors and outscored them 74-50 to in the paint. And you're not going to win many basketball games if you're not going to be able to defend the rim in some capacity. And granted that the Raptors had their moments defensively, especially in the screen and roll and the point of attack, they were trying to pressure the ball in moments and force double teams where they could. And the unfortunate part is that the Bulls, time and time again, found the gaps. And this is a game where, while I know that Zach Levine is still coming back from an injury, but he was held to only eight points tonight. But the the big three, quote-unquote, for the Chicago Bulls with DeMar, Vucevic, and Kobe White, scored 24, 24, and 23. And Kobe White came up with big shots towards the end. Uh, a tough layup at the basket. And it was just poor execution at key parts of the game. In the fourth quarter, Scotty Barnes had a tremendous game, but a tough game. And the dying minutes of the game, Scotty got fouled, went one for two from the free throw line, with the Raptors being just behind single digits, had a turnover, stepping out on the baseline to try and find, I believe, either Bruce Brown or Gary Trent Jr. in the corner. And then there was another possession where he tried to back down from the point of attack and it bounced off his leg and it led to a turnover and a basket, which I believe led to the Kobe White go-ahead layup on the opposite end. And while I'm not putting it just on Scotty, but poor execution down the stretch and a lot of turnovers tonight contributed to the Raptors' struggles this game. 14 turnovers and it led to 21 points off of those turnovers in favor of the Bulls to the Raptors 7. And the Raptors, for the most part, were forcing the Bulls into difficult situations, and they were able to force them into turnovers in the earlier parts of the game, most notably in the first half and in the second quarter. But in the second half, again, when the game slows down and the Bulls leaned into their strength, which is their inside presence with Nikola Vucevic. It created a lot of chaos for the Raptors defensively and couldn't stop them tonight. But the Raptors were able to do their part in transition regardless of the turnovers. They outscored the Bulls 21-6 to in fast break points. The BBQ era is alive and well now. Scotty Barnes, R.J. Barrett, and Emmanuel Quickly. Now, while... Scotty had a tough finish towards the end of the game. You are not in this game without Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes was aggressive on the offensive end. It didn't matter who was guarding him, whether it was Drummond, Williams, Vucevic, Caruso. He was going at them. And he was very efficient on the offensive end tonight. 31 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks, 3 monster blocks might I add, 11 for 18 from the field, 2 for 6 from 3, and 7 for 9 from the free throw line. Those costly free throws towards the the end of the game really cost them. But but it was a tough night at the office for R.J. Barrett. 17 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal on 6 for 16 shooting from the field, 1 for 6 from 3, but 4 for 5 from the free throw line. And Emmanuel quickly that did not have the offensive presence that we would have liked in this game. But he was doing the little things to try and help take his team over the top and was making the right reads, trying to find his teammates that were open and put them in a position to be successful. 
you needed a little bit more from these two. They combined for 29 points, and they shot 10 for 26 from the field and 3 for 13 from 3. If this is the core that you're building around, and that's an exciting core to build around if you're the Raptors organization, you're going to need your young three to bring it every single night. And it's going to be interesting to see how this team is going to move forward without the likes of Pascal Siakam because in a game where RJ is struggling and quickly is struggling, you can rely on a player like Pascal. So it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be that player to step up in these moments, who's going to be that player to make something when nothing is going right. And it's hard to say which guy that's going to be because if RJ quickly and Scotty are struggling, more or less the next man up is Gay Trent Jr., possibly Bruce Brown, if he's still here, Dennis Schroeder. It's, you're you're kind of limited if your young three aren't on point every single night. And it's not to say that they have to score 30 points each, but if their game is not working, but if their game is off that night, they're going to have to make it a priority to get the Gary Trents, the Jonte Porters as of late, um, you know, the Grady Dicks, the the Jalen McDaniels, whomever is going to be on the floor. They're going to have to get them going until they find themselves back into the game. Another point of concern for this game would have to be the rebounding battle. While the edge is only 42-38 to 38 in favor of the Bulls, it was the offensive rebound. 9-7, to seven, again, not a big edge, but it's what they gave up on those second chance points. 13-5 to five in favor of the Bulls, and as I said... You do not want to give the Bulls extra opportunities to score the basketball, nor do you want to assist them in turning over the ball. And unfortunately, the Raptors did both tonight. My last takeaway from this game would have to be the management, the player management towards the end. With the last two minutes of the game, you are down by either four or six points at this point. And Coach Darko subbed out R.J. Barrett and put in Dennis Schroeder. Now, it was an offense-defense scenario, but that adjustment ended up leading to a Kobe White layup who broke down. Gary Trent Jr. blew by Dennis Schroeder, and Scotty Barnes was a little late to the help, but, you know, you're you're not expecting Kobe White to go through two defenders and make it and make his way all the way to the rim, but that's exactly what happened. And I really felt that RJ, as of late, has shown great efforts defensively, and while he didn't have it offensively, he's athletic enough to be competitive on that side of the ball. And I thought that while Dennis is good at, and has been good for most of this season, you wanted the creativity and the size of R.J. Barrett, uh, if things weren't going down for Scotty and quickly didn't have it going, you know where Dennis Schroeder is going to go. He's going to go right into the paint, but at least R.J. has the ability to create off the dribble and be a great creator in the half court like we've seen. He ended up finishing the game with six assists, but it was clear that Darko was prioritizing defense given the size of the Chicago Bulls tonight, most notably in the middle, and having Bruce Brown who can give you some offense and defense. Dennis Schroeder was there for def- and defense. Emmanuel quickly for offense. Gary Trent for offense. But he had a tough night as well. And Scotty Barnes is Scotty Barnes. He's the franchise player. So you definitely want to have your franchise player anytime you're trying to win a game. So it, it was just a tough finish, most notably for Scotty. But I felt that the roster management could have been a little bit better. 
you don't have a lot of options coming off the bench, so I would love to see quickly Barrett and Barnes finishing with whomever. Those are the guys that are going to lead you in this near future, so there is absolutely no reason to take them off the floor. But with that, let's go into the individual stats tonight. Scotty Barnes, as I said, a monster game. Very efficient, very impactful. Just did not have the strong finish. Costly turnovers towards the end. Missing free throws when it mattered most. Heavy the head that wears the crown. Scotty Barnes is the man. He's the franchise. And there is going to be nights like this. It's not going to be perfect. But Scotty Barnes, from the start of this season, has been an absolute bully. He's absolutely determined. And I I love what I see from him. I love that he's competing. Even though there has been moments where he's taken some nights off. But... Being the man, he's going to have to bring it every single night. And he's apparently he's up for the challenge. And it certainly looks like he was up to the challenge tonight. It was just a tough way to end the game. But as I mentioned, 31 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. You will take that from your newly cemented franchise guy. Jonte Porter, the start at center once again. Solid in 20 minutes. 10 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. on um, 3 for 6 shooting from the field, 2 for 5 from 3 and two for two from the free throw line. He continues to win minutes. He was a plus seven tonight. I love his discipline on the defensive end. I love that he's just an all-around good teammate. He's looking to make the right pass, looking to make the high percentage play. He's competitive on, on the glass. He's, he's able to provide spacing that the Raptors can definitely benefit from. There's a lot of positive to take away from Jonte Porter's game. It was just tough to deal with the likes of Vucevic, uh, he was left on an island, and Vucevic is a tough cover when he's healthy and when he's rolling as well. But it definitely seems that Porter is earning his right to have a contract with this. I love what I see from him. He's just been a solid role player, and ever since he's been inserted in the starting lineup, he just continues to get better game to game. Just a solid effort, just tough night in the office with a tough assignment. Gatron Jr., Came back down to earth, 6 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, on 3 for 8 shooting from the field, 0 for 4 from 3, and no attempts at the free throw line. It's been like this for a while now for Gary. Uh, One game, he'll do well. The other game, it'll be a little flat. I thought that he was a little gun-shy. I thought that the defensive assignments kind of contributed to his lack of effort on the offensive end, meaning that... He's had some tough covers tonight, and he had to deal with tough covers on the opposing end. And it just seemed like he did not get comfortable at all. But was trying to do the little things, even though six points, two rebounds, two assists, the attempts were there to try and have some sort of value on the court. It just did not pan out, was not very good defensively, a lot of blow-by possessions going in Chicago's favor with Gary Trent on the ball it was tough to watch and when he's not contributing on the offensive end it's really tough to find his value because it doesn't provide that much resistance on the defensive end and especially at the point of attack he does a lot of his defensive efforts come off of playing the passing lane and being very aggressive in the passing lanes Don't know if he's going to become any sort of great defender, but when he's not scoring the basketball, it is tough for him any given night. And as I mentioned, R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly 
tough night at the office for the both of them. Combined for 29 points, 10 for 26 shooting from the field, 3 for 13 from 3, and 6 for 7 from the free throw line. I thought both of them had a tough night on the offensive end. They took some difficult shots. The Bulls forced them into difficult shots, and they packed the paint. And both of them like to make a living out there and force them to shoot from the perimeter. But similar to Gary Trent Jr., it just seemed like they could not get comfortable tonight. So tough night for the two of them. For the role players, Thaddeus Young continues to play very good basketball. Six points, two rebounds, two assists on three for four shooting in 15 minutes. Playing in seven consecutive games, and it was a long time before we could say something like that. But the Raptors need all the help that they can get right now. And Thaddeus provides the stability and veteran presence that the Raptors have been looking for. And continues to be impactful. He was a minus 19 tonight, but you see some of the value. He does a lot of the little things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Chris Boucher, from an energy standpoint, was on point, was aggressive on the glass, nine rebounds, has a couple of assists, finishing the game with six points, one three, and one for two from the free throw line. Again, recurring theme, the size really affected everyone tonight. And Chris Boucher battled. Uh, I will give him that much. He battled and was aggressive on the glass, was able to get two offensive rebounds. However, on the offensive end, tough night in the office. But you are encouraged that he came out with a sense of purpose, a burst of energy, and that's what you want from him. Speaking of bursts of energy, Bruce Brown tonight, a solid debut. Wasn't sure if he was going to play, but they asked him, and he was ready to go, and he did not disappoint. 15 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. On 7 for 10 shooting from the field, 1 for 3 from 3, and no attempt at the free throw line. Bruce Brown Jr., and he's another junior to go along with Gary Tran Jr., Kira Lewis Jr., and you could throw in R.J. Barrett, Rowan Barrett Jr. in there as well. Maybe it's a developing trend for the Raptors. But you love Bruce Brown as a plug-and-play player, and that's exactly what he did. He was inserted into the lineup, allowed the game to come to him, took offensive opportunities. He knocked down a three, hit a nice floater from the free-throw line, was great in the screen-and-roll with Scotty Barnes most notably, and rolling to the basket. Like, he's 6'4", finishing among the trees uh, on Chicago, and... I can see his value with this team. I just don't know what the long-term fit is going to be. You're hearing rumblings that the Knicks are interested, and for the right reasons, you're curious to know what the package is going to look like. Maybe it's a Fournier and Quentin Grimes, which would be helpful and reinforce this idea and this notion from Masai that we're going young and we're building young. I just think Bruce Brown was a piece that we could have used a couple of years ago when he was a free agent before he got to Denver and especially before he went to Indiana. He's making about $22 million. I find it hard to believe that they're going to pay Bruce Brown $22 million when they didn't want to pay Pascal and could not meet the numbers for OG. But his value as a player, while DeMar did have a field day with him, was still a plus 11. And you love that he has the ability to guard multiple positions. If you do recall, he was playing power forward for the Brooklyn Nets during the KD, Kyrie, and James Harden era and was very successful, and that's where everybody started to pay attention to Bruce Brown Jr. Not a bad debut for a new player at all. Just curious to know where he fits long-term. And last but definitely not least, Dennis Schroeder did not have the impact that we've grown accustomed to this season. He's been awfully consistent. The bad games have been far and few for Dennis, and tonight it was just tough for him. 
the Bulls packed the paint, wasn't able to get much shots from the perimeter, and he was not able to finish in the paint as well. Not to mention that he was running around defensively. But 7 points, 5 assists on 3 for 7 shooting from the field and 1 for 4 from 3. So after a blowout victory over the Miami Heat, the Raptors come back down to earth a little bit and are 16-26 and 26 for the season, 10 for 11 at home. And they take this show on the road, heading to the Mecca to take on the New York Knicks, OG Ananobi, Jalen Brunson, and Julius Randle, and the return of R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly. It seems to be an emotional game. The Knicks are... A physical team, more so now with OG Ananobi in the mix, especially on the defensive end. They're a team that likes to bully you, that likes to be physical, and likes to take a lot of threes. So the Raptors are definitely going to have to match their energy if they're going to have a chance to win the game. So very simply, if we're looking at a preview against the New York Knicks, be disciplined on the defensive end. You have to take care of the basketball. Jalen Brunson is playing like an all-star. Julius Randle has had tremendous performances against the Raptors. And one would definitely think that OG Ananobi is definitely motivated to bring it for that game in particular. So the Raptors are definitely going to have to match the, the physical intensity of the New York Knicks. They cannot afford to come out flat. They have to be able to take care of the basketball. Again, like the Bulls, you do not want to give them many opportunities to score the basketball. They're pretty efficient and very easily can get 60 points between Julius Randle and Brunson. And more importantly, push the tempo. For a team that likes to be physical, you can only be physical when the game is slowed down and when the ball is in Brunson and Randle's hands. So I think you got to keep the defense on its heels, try to get on transition, many transition buckets uh, as much as you can create. It's going to force the Knicks to make some substitutions if they're going to be running them out of the gym. But Again, you're going to have to match the intensity on both ends. So if you're going to be giving in on the offensive end, you need to get back because the Knicks can score in bunches, but they also go through droughts as well. But I think if the Raptors come out with the same kind of energy and purpose like they did against the Miami Heat, they've shown the ability to do so. Not to say that they're going to be blowing out teams like that every single night, but you see that they have the ability. They're just going to have to tap in every single night and... With this team that is going through a rebuild on the fly, some nights are going to be better than others. Just like how last night against the Heat, it was solid, it was fun, it was a blowout victory. And tonight, a little bit more realistic about what this team could be like. So definitely the highs and lows, the peaks and valleys, however way that you want to describe it. What goes down must come up and we'll see if the Raptors will come up on top come Saturday night and I will leave it off there folks thank you to all listeners doing all for tuning in I appreciate every single one of you if you have not done so already please subscribe rate and review the podcast it'll mean so much if you take time to do so and until the next episode which will be very soon everyone please continue to stay healthy and stay safe good people peace